Gigapod is a podcast where we interview companies building exciting and economically sustainable business models in the gig, circular, and sharing economies. Make sure to subscribe and to find out more, go to gigapay.co forward slash gigapod. Welcome to Gigapod. Today I'm joined by Emily Fogersted, who not only is co-founder and future of work advocate for Svenska Nomada, she also recently won the business challenge that we had in Sweden for Hack the Crisis Sweden. So I'm really looking forward to hearing about it and congratulations, Emily. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you for having me on the pod today. I'm excited. Thank you. So tell us about your concept. Like, What was the idea that you came up with? I mean, in Hack to Crisis, I joined with a team. We were five people in total, spread across Stockholm, Frankfurt, and Pajala in the north of Sweden. And we decided to tackle the Save Businesses track of the hackathon competition because we thought that, well, being entrepreneurs, many of us, and also being really interested in how businesses are affected by the whole situation with the coronavirus right now, we wanted to look into how we could actually make a difference and support businesses in some way. So we actually answered a challenge that was posted by the National Employment Service Officer in Sweden. And they asked how we're supposed to match competence between people that might be losing their jobs because of the corona crisis with companies that actually need their specific skill set. So our solution is actually, it's quite, I mean, in a way, a quite straightforward concept. It revolves around Platzbanken, which is the job post board. That's actually like the national job post board. But we wanted to add two functions to it. So partly to make it more remote friendly, to add the function to actually list remote jobs and to search for remote jobs, because right now we're seeing so many people turn to working from home or working away from the offices. So we believe that there would be a great strength if we could match skills from people in different cities and different areas of Sweden with businesses in other areas of Sweden. So it's doesn't need to be so local we could actually help each other all through the country if remote job post listings were easier to access Mm. and partially it was also about doing kind of a gig function or a shorter assignment function would be about posting shorter jobs basically where a company might be looking for a specific skill set but it might just be for a smaller project that might run for one or two weeks but to be able to get that like quicker kind of jobs out there to help people get out and start working more quickly and also to help businesses actually transform right now where they might see themselves need to become more digital because of everything being remote today and the whole situation or what's happening in the society. So that's basically the name of our proposition as well. It's remote plus gigs on Platzbanken. Mm-hmm. Mm, That's great. And so this was a concept that you and the team came up with. And then what's happened since you won the challenge? I mean, we actually have a call today and later today with the Swedish National Service Employment Office to discuss with them about what will actually happen and if this is possible to somehow implement into the National Job Board. 
Platzbanken. So we're really excited about that call. But in general, I hope that at least we've been able to somehow inspire them to see that by adding these functions, it might actually be a way to support both businesses and individuals right now trying mm. to match skills in that way because i think it's a really powerful job board so it could be utilized just with some small twitches to maybe work even better in times like these but i mean it's it's been a really exciting journey i mean being part of the hackathon and then getting our concept across and actually coming out as winners within our category was something that we weren't counting on but then again i mean one of the criteria for winning the hackathon was that the idea should actually be able to be implemented within two months mm. and that it should also somehow help with a positive impact and i guess that our solution is somehow realistic to actually be implemented within this time so that it can start helping businesses quite quickly if it is implemented so yeah, like I said, we're excited to see what will happen next. And it's been two weeks now. And so I guess it's one and a half months left now to see if if we can actually succeed in getting something mm-hmm. launched. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's, it's definitely doable. So hopefully you get the support that you need to make that happen. Um, yeah. And I know that you, by looking at your your profile, this is an area that it seems that you're also very passionate about. So can you tell us a little bit about Svenska Nomada and what you do and the community and things like that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you're saying, I'm really passionate about both remote work and the gig economy. So for me, it was a really interesting like, I mean, idea to work with in this, and I believe the rest of my teammates also, and their names, by the way, are Fredrik Lundberg, Emma Lundberg, Andreas Strzegewski, and Linnea Huta that were part of my team. So I'm I'm happy that we got this idea together. Mm. But I have been with Malad at the remote working field in the future of work for the past three years now when we launched Svenska Nomader as a community for digital nomads and remote workers in January of 2017. And it was launched together with my two colleagues, Christopher Passion and Jasmine Morrison. And we, the three of us had actually been working remotely for a while from different parts of the world and from different parts of Sweden. And we really saw that the whole trend with remote working was growing. We also saw that there was this amazing global community of digital nomads that were coming together virtually and supporting each other, inspiring each other. But there wasn't actually a platform for Swedish people for discussing these specific questions and what it actually means to work remotely. Mm. And the thing is that when it comes to different rules and regulations and policies, of course, some things will be very specific if you are from a specific country, in this Mm. case, Sweden, which meant that we saw a need to create a platform and a community that would also support these more Swedish-specific questions. So things that had to do with paying taxes or when it comes to insurances or when it comes to pension and how that's all affected by actually traveling and working at the same time. Mm. So we launched Swedish Nomads both to provide somehow answers to these questions are like more pure information about what remote working means, what it means to be a digital nomad, but also, of course, to inspire each other and to connect other like-minded Swedes that want to discuss these questions and have them share their 
journeys, their ideas, their way of working, and just to create like a vibrant community that's mm. interested in how the way you're working is changing today. How many users do you have now in the community? We have around 10,000 people okay. that are connected to the Swedish Nomad community or yeah, to Svenska Nomadish community. And I mean, it ranges from people that are actually full-fledged digital nomads that go traveling around the world or that live in one part of the world and work remotely from there with clients from all over the world. But we also have a lot of people that are aspiring to become digital nomads. So we kind of serve them more as inspiration to people that are trying to find their way of doing this. And I mean, it also ranges from the beginning when we started this, we, we thought of a digital nomad a lot like the person that works from abroad and supports maybe Swedish companies from somewhere else in the world. But we've also noticed that there's a big interest from people working from other parts of Sweden. So maybe people that are based somewhere up north in Sweden or maybe somewhere like in the middle of the country where there aren't as many companies or working opportunities. But because of the remote working way, they're actually able to stay put where they're from or where they want to be in the country as opposed to moving to the big city. So we have that like mixed people that travel, people that live in other countries, people that live in different parts of Sweden and work remotely, and then the ones that are actually looking for ways to somehow become more remote in their working. Mm-hmm. And do you see that there's a more sort of typical profile of of a successful nomad or digital nomad yeah i mean we see that when it comes to the people that are part of the community i mean it's interesting because it's everyone ranging from like the age 25 up to 55 or even 65 so age-wise it feels like people turn to become digital nomads in all paths of life really mm-hmm. but there are of course specific skill sets and different tasks that are better fitted for working remotely, like being a developer or a graphic designer or maybe working with communications. So I'd say that even so, I mean, it's growing. So we have a lot of people that might work in finance, that work in law, that even work in real estate, that work with Mm. online wellness or like fitness training that's remote in different ways. But I'd say that people are really people that are good at like focusing and that like to like be their own bosses are usually people that tend to work very well as digital nomads because it does require a lot of discipline and figuring out how to work and all those things so Mm. yeah it's interesting actually to see I mean it's growing and it's difficult to say that it should be a specific person there's so many different people today that actually succeed with this yeah and do you see that now especially with COVID and the pandemic and changes in the market and things like that do you see that there has been a shift lately in maybe the questions or the types of profiles that your community is attracting I'd say yes because I mean before we we've been looking at remote working at different companies and organizations for a really long time but for a long while a lot of companies have been really I mean resistant to allowing remote work for different reasons Mm. but lately it feels because of the pandemic so many companies have kind of been forced into 
allowing remote work to well keep their employees safe basically so there has been a shift that we do see that more companies more industries are actually allowing remote work now than was before so of course we're also attracting a different type of people today into mm. the community because well they start looking more into remote work what it's all about and then they come across us because we've been active now for the past three years and they decide to to join our community as well so there's definitely a shift now in society and i'd say that what i was expecting to take the next 10 years mm. to see like i mean the shift in the way people look at remote work has almost happened in two months which of course comes with good and bad so it's a really difficult situation right now when people are kind of forced into remote working but I'm thinking like in the long run, at least I'm hoping that we'll see that something positive does come out of this and maybe that remote working will be more accepted and that might help people to balance their life better, to feel less stressed and also, of course, will have less impact on the climate as well if we travel less and actually work more from our local areas where we live. Mm, exactly. So Emily, we have a lot of people, especially now with the pandemic, who are being forced to work remotely. And I know one of the biggest challenges for many people is sort of taking the responsibility for themselves and staying motivated during this time. And I really see you as an expert since you've been doing it for so long. So what sort of tips can you give to people on how they can effectively work remotely? I mean, as you're saying right now, we're seeing a very unique situation where people are actually forced into remote work. They're not really choosing them or it by themselves. But I mean, there are some things that you can at least look at to make sure that you're as effective and productive as possible, even though you're forced into remote working from home. Mm-hmm. And I'd say a, a first thing would be that it's really important to keep to your routines, regardless of if you're at home or you're in an office. So it's important to set that alarm clock in the morning to actually get up, to have breakfast, to get dressed. So I know sometimes it feels really nice to just stay in your pajama in bed and bring up your laptop, but it's really hard to keep motivation up in that way. So get up, get dressed, eat breakfast, and then have a place in your home that you always sit at where you actually work from. So it's kind of like a designated working area so you can get into the work mindset just by by sitting down there because i think it's so important to to try and keep this balance between your free time and your working time and it becomes easier if you actually like set those mental boundaries for yourself where you know that this one place is more work related in your house than when you leave that place and you can go back to normal more or less Mm -hmm. but then I also think that it's important to like keep in contact with your colleagues if that's something you do in your everyday working life normally then find ways to actually have that digital coffee with your colleagues in the morning or the afternoon use the slack channel just to have more like coffee talk conversations and keep like social part of work going as well so you don't feel isolated and lose motivation for that reason. So it's important to keep that whole social part going, Mm -hmm. even though you're actually working from home at the moment. So find Mm -hmm. routines, get up in the morning and keep social contact, I'd say are three good things to at least start getting into a better like motivational place when it comes to working from home right now. Yeah, that's great. And do you have any 
besides Slack, do you have any other tools that you, digital tools that you like to use? I mean, Slack is what we at Swedish Nomads use a lot for our like contact with each other. But I'd say that looking online today, there are so many great communities that you can be part of. And I'd say that, for instance, Facebook groups, there are tons of them out there today. And a lot of them will resonate with what you're working with or what you're doing. So by being part of finding these Facebook groups and being active in them, you will kind of almost find remote colleagues that you can interact with and that you can get help from, that you can get support from if you need it. It's, I'm probably part myself of maybe 20 or 30 different Facebook groups that I have mm-hmm. for different purposes, different reasons. Of course, Swedish Nomads has its own group. So that's where I talk a lot about remote work, but I'm also part of another group that's more about working in social media. I'm part of a one group, which is more about like business development. So finding Facebook groups that that somehow support you and where you can find like-minded people, I'd say is also a really great tool to like just use to keep motivation up and to not feel too isolated when you're working Mm -hmm. remotely. But also like when doing this hackathon, I mean, for remote collaborations, we worked a lot in Trello and had like a Trello board to organize different thoughts, different ideas to go through processes and what we were doing. So I'd say that's also a really powerful tool if you're working together with other people to just like get easy to do up there on like a digital board just to visualize things and to make it easier to work together and to move forward in what you're doing. So Trello is definitely good. And of course, having one or another tool for online meetings so you can also meet with video to get that more social contact. And that could be Zoom, like you and me are using right Mm -hmm. now, or it could be Skype. A lot of people have started using Microsoft Teams as well. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, find that online video chatting tool and video conferencing tool that you like, and then have as a routine to actually meet face-to-face, but virtually with your colleagues or other people that work closely with you so, so that you can somehow still feel, again, the motivation of seeing each other and that you're actually part of a team and not only yourself sitting at your kitchen table at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so now I have my last question. So what three things would you like to share with Gigapod listeners? that you think are important when considering to build a business design for the future of work? I mean, one of them I'd say would definitely be to be more remote friendly because we're seeing so many companies today that are turning more to remote work. We're seeing a lot of businesses that actually function very good when working remotely and where they can source talent from all over the country or all over the world by being more open to collaborating with people that are not in the same physical place. So learning from everything that's happening right now with the pandemic, seeing how many companies are actually transitioning to remote work in different ways and finding a strategy going forward as how to keep that remote mindset going. And with that, I'm not saying never go to an office, cancel your office or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's more that it should be possible and that you'll actually benefit a lot from both allowing your employees or your contractors to work that way, but also sourcing and attracting new talents because you are remote. The other one I'd say would be, I mean, if you connect it to the gig economy and I think that both you and me are really 
people that believe that the gig economy will keep on growing and that we'll see more gig workers in the future, more people choosing to go freelance or running like shorter business assignments as opposed to having a traditional employment or going just like full-time students. We'll see a lot of people that somehow engage in the gig economy and I think that for businesses, it's it's important to understand that there are people out there today that will not be interested in becoming employees that you will never be able to attract, but that might still have key talents that you really feel that you need to fuel your business and to bring your business to the next level. So having some type of gig strategy for attracting gig workers, for collaborating with gig workers and for keeping long-term relationship with gig workers, I think is also a really important part of being a more like future work company. Mm. I mean, number one, just understanding that the gig economy exists, of course, but then also having a strategy as for how your business is supposed to actually think about the gig economy if you're supposed to act on it and if you're supposed to open up more to having more mixed teams of in-house personnel and external gig people that become a team together Mm -hmm. and i guess the third one would be that i mean in sweden especially but all over the world today we speak so much about the values of soft skills of course hard skills are important it's important if you're a programmer to actually know the programming language you're working in it's important if you're a communicator like I am to actually know like the tasks that a communications consultant is expected to know but the soft values more like being good at collaborating being a good team player being social and like lifting each other up in different ways I think will become even more important going forward especially as we're seeing more and more of society becoming automated we're seeing artificial intelligence on the rise we'll I mean, we've all heard like the scary headlines saying that we'll lose millions and millions of jobs to robots, for instance. But I don't think that it will necessarily be about us losing jobs. It will just be about the jobs that we actually do somehow transitioning more into a human way of working. So being that collaborative team player, being good at listening, being good at, I mean, project leading and getting people motivated and coming together I think will be even more important going forward so understanding that soft values will be as important if not even in cases more important than the hard skills and that that's actually what you should really be looking at when bringing in a new teammate regardless of if it's an employee or if it's a gig worker that you want to be engaged in your company. I love that. That's a new one. I haven't heard that one before. Oh, that's good. <laughs> makes so much sense. So I think that that's great. Emily, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I found it so inspiring learning about one, the challenge, the concept that you, that you guys won with the crisis and the fact that you guys took time out of your busy schedules to dedicate to building that, I think is amazing. And also I find it really inspiring the work that you're doing with Svenska Nomada. So it's, yeah, it's really great. So Thank you uh, so much. I'm really happy to have had the chance to join and to speak with you about these things as well. It's always exciting when you meet people that are excited about the same types of things that you are. So I'm hoping that we'll keep this conversation going outside of this podcast as well. (laughs) Yes, I hope so too. Thank you. Make sure to subscribe and to find out more, go to gigapay.co forward slash gigapod.